Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Ayers on the Road. Going into our 10th year of doing this podcast and is there ever been a time we didn't love it? There has never been a time we didn't love it. Actually, it's been such a fun thing for us. And there couldn't be a week when we have been more on the road than this week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But literally on the road. Before you get to that, though, (laughs) I was just going to say one of our kids the other day said, how are you coming on your family history, Dad? And I was tempted to say, well, we don't really need to write one. You've just got 10 years of ours on the road. You can go listen to back episodes (laughs) and you can know our whole life. (laughs) Anyway... What were you saying? What were you saying? Um, Carry on. Sorry about what that. What I was going to say is that we had a fun fun day yesterday. We uh, were, went to give a speech in California for our son, who has a fabulous company um, called Allegra, and actually is called uh, Joy School. Joy School Learning and teaching it, teaching English to immigrant children, basically, in well, and just giving children better English speaking skills. But it Um, teaches values. And it teaches values. So uh, he asked us to come and speak to a school district in California. Uh, I guess relatively small one, but it was a giant gymnasium full of beautiful teachers and administrators who were there to help these kids along on their path in life. It was Oh, it was a classic, classic old high school gymnasium, kind of like Hoosiers, the movie Hoosiers, like this prototypical sort of gym, you know, and bleachers and everything. And it was really fun to, we've spoken in some really interesting venues over the course of the last few decades. And yeah. I often wish we had a picture of every, because they've ranged from such elegant settings to some outdoor settings. Remember the one we spoke in an equestrian place where horses were running by while we were speaking and on and on and on and on. (laughs) Well, actually, I think the the most interesting one since this one, because it was similar, was in a big um, high school gym, was in Mexico. And it was there was no heat. There was just no heat in the school <laughs> at all. And honestly, I thought I was going to freeze to death. I but had no my one fell asleep the whole time. Well, they were kind of used <clears throat> to it, I guess. But they, so nobody seemed bothered by it. And they were just sitting there. At least we were walking around a little bit. But oh, my gosh, I thought I was going to freeze. But this a was book called Ad- Adventures at the Lectern. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this one was especially dear because our son was involved and he was there with a great friend and they're just so enthusiastic about this product. Subtitled the varied venues right. of our speeches. <laughs> Enough already. But um, we were not speaking um, about parenting. We were speaking about how important teaching is and how important, how connections are the most important thing in our lives. Connections with especially with children in this case, or young adults, because it was all the way through high school. Well, and the great thing was, it was our kids that helped us with this presentation, not by being there directly, although Noah, of course, was there. But, you know, uh, we used some of our daughter, Sadie, as a therapist who does a lot of work on social emotional learning and 
we used a bunch of her slide decks and then uh, we told stories about Jonah and Josh and uh, and Josh, who's the most fabulous teacher in the world. We are not prejudiced at all, but he really <laughs> is a fabulous teacher. And Jonah, our son, who's living in, who lived in, well, he's still living in Hawaii, but they moved to Arizona this year. I'm not sure we've told you this so that their youngest son, youngest child could be in Josh's class. Imagine school. imagine having a brother who you think is such a good elementary school teacher that you move your whole family from Maui to Phoenix in order that that youngest son of yours can be in your brother's class for one year. That's what I call it's really a awesome. huge compliment to Josh's teaching. And not only that, they ship their their G-Wagon over, which is really good, but it doesn't have air conditioning <laughs> in Arizona. So we <laughs> wish them luck on that. That's a little extra sacrifice. But it has been, and, and where we spoke yesterday, the place called Lompoc, it's, it's north and a little bit east of Santa Barbara. And um, we, we had, had a long drive. It's, it's about three hours from LAX, but a beautiful drive. And it's been a long time since we've driven up the Pacific Coast Highway along the coast and, you oh, know, going, going past some iconic piers like Santa Monica and and Malibu and uh, Santa Barbara, Ventura, and, um, and that, that other one. Anyway, Richard had to go out to the end of. I want to. I, I like piers a lot. I want to go at the end of every pier, and we found some pretty good seafood to eat along the way. We did. It was really a delight. The Ventura and Pier. If you want good seafood, the Ventura Pier. Ooh, we have clam one. chowder. That ceviche. Wow. Yeah, it was really. It was great. Although we haven't sat in a car that long for a long time, but it was really a joy to have some time to talk and make connections ourselves. Well, and getting back to the airport's always an adventure when you're in LA and it was a rush hour. And, you know, you, you just appreciate a lot of things about cities. We are city people in a lot of ways, but we also sure appreciate the non-congestion and the simplicity of our lifestyle in Park City and Bear Lake and those places. So there's a lot of good in the world, a lot of difference, a lot of variety, a lot of ways to to look at different things. And we're, we're still influenced a lot by our family reunion that got over just a few weeks ago where the theme was counted all joy. So we were stuck in traffic, standing still, wondering if we'd catch get back to the airport in time for our plane. And we were like, Count it all, Joy. Look around. If we miss it, we'll figure it out. Um, and we we have the luxury of doing that. Some people don't. Yeah. But um, it, we did have a delightful time. And really for us to think about, connections are the most important thing in the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And that was what our speech was on yesterday. And uh, we, we need connections. And we're going to particularly be talking about connections with our grandchildren. Yeah, as you know, on the second week of each month, our, we devote our podcast, I wouldn't say just to grandparenting, but to extended families. So hopefully today we're going to perk the interest, not only of you who are grandparents, but you who are parents and who we wish for a great 
three generation family where, where you've got your kids on one side of you and your parents on the other side and trying to blend that family into something where there's synergy and where everyone helps each other and where generation one of your parents and generation three of your children work together with you to make your family really, really strong. Well, and so, whether you are a grandparent or whether you have a grandparent, you know, I, where, wherever you are in that line, uh, we're going to talk about some things that are really fun and I think really important, we realize. We're, we really feel like we're at the heart <clears throat> of a movement. We really feel a momentum and a movement toward more active grandparenting. But again, not just that, more active three-generation families, more coordination and uh, teamwork, if you will, between parents and grandparents to make to make the world better for our children. And, and you know, many of you know that we're now, in fact, it's getting close, Linda, next month in September, we're starting this, this Zoom grandparenting course online that... Uh, is, is going to really, really dig in to how to become a better grandparent and how, as a parent, to better involve your parents in the raising of your children. And we're really excited about it. We feel so much momentum. There's a, there's a magazine, an online magazine called Grand Magazine. It's the only national magazine we know of that's specifically and, and uh, uniquely for grandparents and for extended families. We write a column in it every month. And this particular well, issue is, yeah, every, every issue. And this particular issue is about different resources that grandparents can go to, authors who are writing to them and other things. And we're connecting with these other we just met a really interesting couple the other day uh, on the phone online, a, a, a Jewish uh, man and woman who are really into traditions and grandparenting. So we're, we're making these connections. We're trying to bring together resources that will really help extended families. And we're finding a lot of people who are interested in this, who are fabulous grandparents and have realized how important this is. We have a friend, although uh, we've not connected voice to voice yet, but who grew up a little Mennonite girl and uh, ended up a college professor and loves the whole concept of grandparenting. Uh, that to She's me, that now was, written the grandparenting book. Yeah. That's really great. Yes, and the, for, for me, that's one of the most interesting parts of this is connect with people who have your same passion. So starting out, as we get into this, uh, you know, we're not going to get to everything, but use this resource. Go to grandparenting101.com. That's the website where we're going to be collecting a lot of this good information for grandparents. It's pretty simple. Just it's easy to remember because it's like a course, right? In school, 101, that's the survey course, grandparenting101.com. And we want to get into it a little today by by referring to, we've done two grandparenting books, as many of you know, a grandmothering book, Linda wrote it, and a grandfathering book, I wrote it. Hers is four times as long as mine, <laughs> and much more detailed. Next time, you can write the grandmothering book, and I'll write the Ooh, that'd be exciting. <laughs> but let us read you a couple things that kind of tie into this, and uh, 
This is, and, and by the way, one of the goals is to get grandfathers. Uh, how do I say this delicately, Linda? Grandmothers tend to be, this is a generality, okay? But as on average, grandmothers are a little more into grandparenting than granddads. That's not always the case. But what we think is that it's best when, you know, when you are a married couple and you are grandparents, being a team on that regard and really both being involved. That's what we're trying to do in this class because so far our enrollment is about three-fourths grandmas. Did you know that? I was just looking no. at that today and about one-fourth no, grandpas. Yeah. And we want to balance that out a little bit. So we're going to read you a little today from this grandfathering book, but we're going to apply it to both grandpas and grandmas. So uh, this book is called Being a Proactive Grandfather, but let's talk about being a proactive grandmother, okay? So here's, here's, a, little, here's a few things to think of. Yeah, grandparent. You may have noticed that the big word in this book it, title is being. That is because this is less a book about doing than about becoming, being, ex being an exceptional grandparent is not about changing your grandkids, but changing yourself. And it's about being the kind of grandparent your grandkids need. And the second big word in the title is grand. What does grand mean in grandparent? Well, technically, from the etymology dictionary, grand means one generation removed in ascent. But we don't love that definition. Really? That's really interesting. Well, I mean, that's how, you know, that's how you define Grand. a grandparent. Yeah. One, one generation oh, yeah. removed in a cent. But we don't love that definition. So we looked up the meaning of grand in the regular dictionary and found something much better. Grand means magnificent or splendid. It means noble or revered. This is well to remember. Your grandkids are, but remember this too, your grandkids are not our grandkids. Our family situation is not the same as your family situation. Your financial and personal circumstances are not necessarily ours. There's a lot of difference going on in our families. Each of us is unique. So what we are trying to do is throw out the kind of ideas that you won't necessarily duplicate, but that you will say, ah, I have something similar to that that would work for me. Um, we have um, come to a point where we need to take a break. Let's take a little break, and then we'll really, in the second half, jump into this with both feet. It'll be so fun. So hang on. We'll be back in just a moment. And the question to think about is, what kind of a grandparent do you want to be? We're going to try to help you answer that. See you soon. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back um, talking about grandfathering and grandmothering today, but together it is quite an amazing, um, quite an amazing endeavor in our lives. Now, here's a, here's a cosmic big thought, Linda. Can grandparents save the world? Now, think about this if you're a parent as well. 
basically, we believe that grandparents sort of are the solution and have a lot of influence on how kids turn out and how families turn out. When we ask questions like this, who is going to teach this generation of children the values, the character, the family narrative, even the street smarts that they're going to need, most would say, well, that's the parents. But in today's world where so many parents work full-time and where life's options and challenges seems, seem to be increasing exponentially, who's to say that parents are going to be able to find the time or the means. So who can fill the breach? Grandparents. Well, I think our children do a great job of parenting, but they have their own way and they have their own spouses and and there are things that slip through the cracks all the time. And I do think it's really important for us to remember that they are the parents, but that we can really help and not step on any toes. Um. So you got to think who will give kids the confidence, the identity, and maybe even the resources they need to become all they can be. It's kind of the same ideal answer. Parents ought to be able to do it all, but. Right. It's the same ideal answer, but the same problem. So the same, so the same saving answer is grandparents. We can help. We really, really can. And if you're a parent out there, you need to take the initiative on talking with and communicating with your parents about how they can help you and support you in raising those kids. You know, we were at a um, an event in Colorado. I'll never forget it. We were outside by a big fires burning outside at a ski resort or something. And uh, this one darling family, we'd met their kids. They were so great. They had three teenagers. Um, but they confided in us that their parents were not interested in their children. They just, we hear that so often. They just, they had gone off to play golf or whatever it was and just were not interested in even contacting them. And they were struggling with their teenagers. And they said, what can we do? How can we involve our parents with our kids? Because they could really help us. And we suggested they take them out to dinner and lay the problem on the table. Parents and grandparents communicating, how do we team up to be better for our kids? And it really was quite a remarkable light in their eyes when we thought, when they realized that they could really involve them if they knew the problem. Well, we get, I mean, that's one of the two prototypical sort of complaints we get from parents is, is Parents saying, oh, my, my my parents just don't want anything to do with the kids. They're just busy with their own lives. They're just not involved. Or on the other end of the spectrum, we get a lot of parents saying to us, oh, my gosh, my parents interfere all the time. They're spoiling my kids. They're giving them too much stuff. They're telling me I don't know how to parent. On and on and on and on. They're too involved. We're trying in this grandparenting course that we're starting next month to, to find a balance and a coordinated thing where the parents and grandparents work together. Fact, but we were just on a TV show last week and the cute girl that was interviewing us said, please tell my, my yeah. parents to quit <laughs> giving my kids so much stuff. They're ruining them. And I do think that there is a lot of that going on. Now, what we want you to think about in the last few minutes of the show today is what kind, if you're a grandparent, what kind of grandparent do you want to be? You, you may be a grandparent for 30 or 40 years. What 
type of grandparent do you want to be? And if you're a parent, be thinking about what type of grandparent you want your parents to be to your kids. And we're going to read you a little from this this book where we're writing mainly to grandfathers, trying to get them to make this decision. Right, and sometimes there lies the problem. So Sometimes they're the ones. So let us read you a little of this and comment on it. Um, In this particular case, I'm saying this is a man-to-man book. As a baby boomer man with kids and grandkids, I'm writing to other baby boomer men with kids and grandkids. I write as a man with a lot of interests, passions, priorities, And I write to other men who also have a lot of interests, passions, and priorities. We have our careers. We have our sports. We have our friends. We have our hobbies. We have our travel. We have our music. We have our other personal interests. We have our finances and our investments. We have our causes, our bucket lists, our cars, our boats, our toys. We have all these things to worry about and take care of. We have our politics and our clubs and our churches and our other responsibilities. We have siblings. We have extended families. Some of us still have our own aging parents, and we have our children, who even as adults are still our children. But none of us, when we really sit down and think about it, have anything quite as delightful or as joyful as our grandchildren. There are flesh and blood. There are pride and joy. And ultimately, there are only real legacy. How much of our time and our mental energy are we devoting to those precious little, precious and perfect little kids who carry our name and sometimes big kids who yeah. carry our name and our genetics and our view of the world or not? And how deliberate and thoughtful are we about the time we spend with them, about what we can do for them, about the relationship we want to have with them and for the rest of their lives? So how grand is grandparenting? It's about as grand as we decide to make it. And what we want to do is suggest they're sort of, and this is based on our experience over the last few years and really being with a lot of grandparents and speaking to them and finding out about them and so on. There's sort of four broad categories that grandparents seem to fall into. And we we want to talk about these four categories for a minute and have you, as you listen, if you're a grandparent, decide which of these four categories are you, which of these types of grandparent are you, and which do you want to be? And if you're a parent, think, which of these four categories do my parents fall into as a grandparent, and which one would I like them to be, Okay. So number one is disengaged grandparenting. So the attitude is, I raised my kids, and now it's their turn to raise their kids. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) This attitude might lead you to downsize into an adult-only condo in Sun City by a golf course where your days would be quiet, but boring. (laughs) (laughs) So that's category one of grandparents, disengaged grandparenting. Now, number two is we call it limited grandparenting. And the attitude is, hey, I love to see these grandkids, but in limited doses and on my terms. So in this model, grandkids are like amusement parks. You go there once in a while to have fun. Or they're like dinner guests. You have them over now and then when it's convenient. 
Right. Well, and all of us kind of go in and out of that category. It's true. We can't spend full time with our grandchildren. So category one, you disengage grandparenting. Category two, limited grandparenting. And now. Number three, supportive grandparenting. The attitude is my kids need all the help they can get with their kids. And I want to be there for them. With this approach, you become part helper, part martyr, sacrificing your own life as to be at the beck and call of your adult children whenever they need you or to help with the kids. And that's almost like, okay, I'll do it out of duty, but it's pretty inconvenient, but I'm going to step up and do the best I can. Right. We see a lot of that. We see that in ourselves as well, because we have a daughter who has a little child with special needs and she needs She's lost her babysitter and she needs help for the next little while because she's in physical therapy. And she just wrote yesterday and said, how many of these days can you help me? You know, (laughs) anyway, um, we are so happy to help. But there are all different levels of grandparenting. I like that. (laughs) Well, then number four, the fourth category, proactive grandparenting. The attitude here is my children are the stewards for their children, but I can help and teach those grandkids certain things that their parents can't and be an essential part of an organized three-generation family. And by thinking about it hard and long and coming up with a strategy and a plan, I can make a real difference in my grandkids' lives, even as I add joy to my own life and keep myself young. Now, only in that fourth level does grandparenting become effective, consequential, and truly fun. At this level, you deliberately ponder the needs you can uniquely fulfill, and you set goals and plans to enhance your grandchildren's lives. And you do so in concert and in teamwork with the goals and stewardships of their parents. That is That's the, key. the key. That is That's the key the right key. there. And we've talked about this before, but we did have we did do a survey of our our children at one point at a reunion. We had a dinner, and then we asked them to tell us. We we gave them a questionnaire. How important um, is this or this and this? Do you want us to be totally involved? Do you want us to give our kids what we want? Or do we want, do you want us to always ask you before we introduce something new to your grandkids or what? And we got some really eye-opening answers because, you know, lots of them were just like, oh yeah, just do whatever you want. And another one's like, no, wait, Um, please ask me if you're going to talk to my grandchild about this or this or whatever. And, um, or wait until I ask you to help. I mean, that was really that was really really good and illuminating. Yes, and I think that it's so easy to overstep your bounds because you just assume they want everything good for their kids, but at the same time, there could be some um, some hangups there. Well, as we talk to grandparents and work on this grandparenting course, one of the things we're really becoming aware of is how many of us, and we include ourselves in this, sorry to say, we just sort of drift into grandparenting. Oh, we got a grandchild. Oh, wonderful. They're so sweet. We're so proud. We just want to hang out with them. And, you know, we kind of drift into it and, and, and then things get a little hard and maybe we disagree with the parent on something and it kind of goes south on us or whatever. 
the question is, rather than just letting grandparenting happen to us, can we be deliberate enough about it to decide sort of consciously and even in writing on paper, making a plan, the kind of grandparent we want to be and the kind of grandparent that our kids want us to be to their kids? And can we make a plan on how to do that? And again, that's a tall order. That's like, well, we don't have any experience to draw from. Well, that's the reason we're going to hold this Zoom course and invite all of you to join us. Because when you are talking with a lot of other grandparents and you get one perspective from one and a different idea from another one and maybe a an interesting experience from another one, and you start thinking more. Don't you think, Linda, it's all about how much, I mean, if grandparenting is something you think about a lot, and it's on your mental agenda, it's something when you do your planning, that's one of the things you plan. When you do your goals, when you do your New Year's resolution, that's one of the subjects that you put high on the list. That's a big priority in your life, grandparenting. And that's the that's the way to do it is to think about it more and be deliberate and have a plan and make some decisions about how you're going to carry out that strategy. Absolutely. And I ha- we have to say before we close that there are some weeks that take more energy to one family than another right. family. Like we have a family this week of grandchildren that last week, one of them had a horrible broken arm trying to yeah. run and grab oh something. Gosh. Uh, bones poking out through the skin, both arms broken, big cast. Then another son had a hang gliding accident, yeah. went down and helicoptered out, and he's okay, but compressed vertebrae. And then they had their twin boys were driving around a car, and some crazy kids started shooting at them. Took I mean, a shot at the, their car. It is the craziest world. And then they have this darling missionary who has just left to go to Chile on a mission. And she is just needy as far as information, you know, love coming from us and support and so on. So, um, and from her parents as well, but, and we can be helpful in those cases when there are really um, squeaky wheel gets the grease that their family's squeaky wheel this this week. Now we're not to say that you don't also plan your own life and you have a life to live and you're not just a grandparent. You're many things. But among those roles that you will play, it's hard to argue that grandparenting grandparenting isn't one of the most important. So do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do your kids a favor. Do your grandkids a favor. Go to grandparenting101.com and get involved in your own way. Become the kind of grandparent you want to be. And if you're a parent... Talk to your parents and say, hey, let's do this thing. Let's coordinate. Let's let's create a great three-generation family. We wish you the very best, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye till then. Bye.